Sometimes in life, we need to go to a courageous place and say what needs to be said and not what people want to hear. Today, I'm going to address Black Lives Matter and Tyree Nichols and the Memphis police officers that were part of the Scorpion team. We're going to talk about an abuse of power, an authority problem in the United States that is not unique to the police department. And it's not a racism problem either. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another week of shows. We're going to get right into it today. I'm Greg Bolden, your host of America Emboldened. Glad to be here. Today's show, I took some time to organize my thoughts and put it in into perspective, because I believe that I owe that to my listening audience. By now, you probably have seen the headlines. You've seen the way they've been manipulated as well. Tyree Nichols killed in a brutal beating by police. Now, we are not here to judge on the traffic stop. We are not here to judge upon him leaving. We are going to go straight into the authority problem. America we have an authority problem. The Memphis Police Scorpion Program fueled a mistrust of all law enforcement officers across this country. I don't see much difference between the men that took Tyree's life and the men who served as priests in the Roman Catholic Church that abused children. The few destroyed the public trust in the whole. This is the same as a psychiatrist that becomes romantically involved when their patients, teachers who abuse children and corporate leaders, when they sleep their way to the top or they lie, cheat, or steal to get there. There's no difference between congressional whores who manipulate the public with lies to gain more trust and power, only to abuse it by gaining personally off their narratives. The institution fails because of the few. I think back to church language, right? Jesus chose 12 individuals. One of those individuals betrayed Jesus. America, we do not have an institutional failure. We have an authority problem and abusive jackasses put into those positions. We're going to break down the video of Tyree Nichols today. I would suggest not watching it. I did watch the five different videos so I could prepare for today's show, but I also don't believe that you will gain much in watching it that will better your life. Hopefully I can cover that well for you. I want to talk today about what we should acknowledge and focus on. And before we can talk about Tyree Nichols, before we can get to 2023, we need to talk about where we've been. We can't address the facts regarding his death 
if we don't address the narrative being told to America for the past 10 years. So today I'm going to address those past 10 years, the boiling issues, the systemic failure to address in society because of ignorance. See, before we can get to where we are, we've got to take a look at where we've been. This episode likely will not be a perfect breakdown. I'm sure I'm going to have blind spots in my assessment, but I promise I'm going to give this show the utmost care and respect that it deserves. So let's start off today's show together. We're going to hop in our history time machine and travel back to the birth of the Black Lives Matter hashtag. It was 2013, and in July of that year, George Zimmerman was acquitted of the shooting death of Trayvon Martin. In his neighborhood gated community called The Retreat at Twin Lakes, which was located in Sanford, Florida, that matters because of a law in Florida. Now, this is my first example of an authority problem and how we get the Tyree. George Zimmerman, as many of you may already know, or if you don't, I'm going to remind you, he was a neighborhood watch coordinator in his gated community. Trayvon Martin was temporarily staying in that community at that time. The local police department had administered a neighborhood watch program, but that watch program was not part of a larger neighborhood watch um, certified program. What we know of the shooting death of Trayvon is mostly hearsay. This is mostly (laughs) George Zimmerman representing himself. There was not police on the scene. We have a 911 call where we can hear things. We have some testimony from Trayvon's friend. And Trayvon posthumously cannot represent himself. The legal system that acquitted Martin was in need of the information that the accused presented. Let that sink in for a moment. Now, there are facts that we know. The police were called by Zimmerman, and he stated this. He said, I'm reading from the transcript. Hey, we've had some break-ins in my neighborhood, and there's a real suspicious guy. It's Retreat View Circle. The best address I can give you is 111 Retreat View Circle. This guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. It's raining and he's just walking around looking about. The dispatcher responds to George Zimmerman and says, you know, what does he look like? And Zimmerman responds, he looks black. Listening to the call, it's quickly apparent that Zimmerman used his position of authority as the neighborhood watch coordinator to make judgments of what Trayvon was doing and what he was thinking. And his qualifications, his qualifications and training for all of this were none. None. He was not a trained police officer in order to figure out, you know, how to de-escalate a situation. He wasn't somebody that was a lawyer that could maybe mediate a situation's bad and talk through it. Nope. He had no training. Trayvon Martin was unarmed. His Crime was he was walking in a neighborhood while being a teenager in black. Period. That's all he's done wrong. If you've listened to any other stories, I beg you, go get the facts. That's all this kid did wrong was he was in a neighborhood that he belonged in. He was staying there. He was a teenager who was black. He was walking back from 7-Eleven with Skittles and an iced tea. There's no evidence ever of any malicious intent. Never has it been seen, never will it be. That is a fact. Now, he runs away from George Zimmerman. Why does he run? Well, (laughs) 
Imagine a man that's staring at you and it's nighttime. You just walked back from 7-Eleven and he's giving you a look and he's on his phone, right? We know he's on his phone with his friend. We'll get to that in just a second. But you feel uncomfortable. It's nighttime. You feel endangered. Imagine that man is threatening you now as a teenager, a grown man. Running probably feels like the safest option. In fact, according to testimony, Trayvon was on his phone with his friend, Rachel Gentel. And the advice to run came from her because he was saying, in his words, there's a real creepy cracker, real creepy N looking at me and he's following me. And she goes, run. Now, I'm not sure what you remember about being a teenager, but we used to stay out late at nights. We used to go to the convenience stores, right? And if we were to feel threatened as the age of 17 by an adult, that's exactly what I would have done back then. I would have ran. I also understand that might have looked very suspicious, but I didn't know that the person was on the other end with police. This person didn't have a uniform on, right? They had no identification. George Martin could not be identified as somebody of authority. So I think this is important. We're going to continue on here. So the state attorney general's office showed Zimmerman during the trial had a pattern of calling the authorities over children playing in the street. He had four calls after a break-in that he attributed to black men. We could see from that trial that he was high on his power and he often had little evidence. Zimmerman gave chase searching for Martin, who was hiding when he went running. Now, according to Zimmerman's account, Martin jumped out of a hiding spot and sucker punched him. The dispatcher, however, had told Zimmerman not to follow Martin, but it's because of an abuse of power. It put him squarely into that confrontation. This confrontation also was heard by Trayvon's friend. And he heard Trayvon was telling George to get off him. Another call from a neighbor when they called 911, they claimed they heard someone yelling for help and then they could hear the gunshot on the 911 call. While George Zimmerman was acquitted of this, the neighborhood eventually ended up settling a case with the family for a civil lawsuit over the neighborhood watch program's responsibility for the loss of life. I mentioned the fact that this happened in Florida was important. The, the, this trial was impacted by Florida's stand your ground law. That law allows lethal force if a person believes that such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to themselves or another. My words today on this, on this entire topic, they're not judgment of guilt or innocence but they are a damnation of what got us to 2023. It started with George Zimmerman, right? Maybe like these type of scenarios have been going on for some time, but the burner was turned on. The heat began to heat the oven of protest and unrest because of George Zimmerman. That's the facts. See, George Zimmerman had an authority complex. He was not the law, but he became the judge, the jury, and the executioner, like Judge Dredd. Trayvon Martin, he went to 7-Eleven, and he never came home. On him was his purchase of Skittles and an iced tea, which if you watch the video on YouTube or wherever you want to watch it, he carefully purchased with just a few dollars and pocket change. 
he had no weapons on him. He was like me, and I'm guessing he was a lot like you when you were 17. A night owl that liked a convenience store trip and a walk to clear your head and pass some time. Now, the acquittal of George Martin, that launched Black Lives Matter. Now, there were several killings of black men and women over the next few years, as you may remember, not at the hands of private citizens, but at the hands of police officers. And with video of those incidents of Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Pamela Turner, Rakia Boyd, Black Lives Matter grew. Unrest in cities also grew under Obama's presidency. Many at the time called the issue a racism problem with law enforcement officers, that this was a systemic race issue. This was an inherent bias against black men. In the case of George Zimmerman, he had a long history of fighting and domestic abuse, and his previous calls may have shown that he had some prejudice, especially um, with some of his comments about black men. But this is despite being mixed-raced himself. Can we tell what's on George Zimmerman's heart? No. In the case of law enforcement officers, we can also not understand the stress. We cannot also understand the report of information in that moment, what they were showing up to. But I'm going to tell you about some of those situations that they showed up to that got us to Tyree Nichols. We have Michael Brown. Michael Brown was shot after robbing a convenience store. Okay. No one's going to say Michael Brown, one citizen of the year. That's not what we're here. We're not here to character assassinate any of the individuals that were killed by police or police interactions. We're here to look at why Black Lives Matter, why the protest, why things have gone this way, and why I believe it's not a racism issue as much as it is an authority issue. It is an abuse of power issue. And now it's on display with Tyree Nichols. All right. So just want to put that out, start it there. Now, Michael Brown was shot by Darren Wilson. He was the officer uh, who responded, and he was a white male Ferguson police officer. You probably remember the protest in Ferguson. There's a dispute over how this entire incident began because Dorian Johnson, the friend of Michael Brown's, he claims, by the way, that he was present during the robbery and witnessed it. He stated that the officer confronted and grabbed Brown by his neck and pulled him into the police car and threatened him before shooting him. Meanwhile, others stated and happened with Brown putting his head in and starting to attack the officer. What we know is the officer fired shots and one hit Brown in the hand and Brown and Johnson ran. Officer Wilson also claims that Brown charged at him after the pursuit and the officer was sh uh, shot multiple times at Brown ending his life. His friend contradicted that story and said he was shot in the back. He had his hands up. He was trying to get away. The officer's story was later collaborated with forensic evidence by the FBI and the Department of Justice concluded it was self-defense. Now, the community of Ferguson ignited an unrest. You probably remember the city started burning. Businesses burned. And many claimed that this was a racist police officer and that racism was integrated into policing and therefore black men were not safe. The conversation was never about the robbery or the facts of the case. It didn't matter to the protesters of how things went down. Of note, Michael Brown was unarmed. The events I just spoke of, they happened over a course of 90 seconds. Was this an abuse of power 
Or did Officer Wilson fear for his safety and believe he was in a life or death struggle? Did racism cause him to view Michael Brown as less of a human? These, again, are questions only answered in the officer's conscience and heart. I cannot answer those. There was also further problems with this case in Ferguson. The grand jury, right? The lead prosecutor, his name was McCulloch. Uh, he was said to be biased because he told the grand jury that his father was killed by a black man when his father was on duty as a police officer. So the Black Lives Matter movement felt this influenced the grand jury's decision. Did it? Possibly. Okay, that, that could possibly be a bias. Then we had Eric Garner. Not sure if you remember watching this video, this guy that was accused of selling illegal cigarettes. He was choked to death on camera while saying, I can't breathe 11 times before losing consciousness. He laid on the sidewalk for seven minutes before paramedics arrived. He was pronounced dead on the scene. Now, his death was ruled a homicide by the medical examiner. The uh, Richmond County jury decided not to indict Officer Pantaleo, I believe was his name. He's the one that had the chokehold on him. The city of New York eventually, though, settled that case for $5.9 million to Garner's family. And after five years, five years after the incident, the police force fired the officer. By that time, the protest and the damage had already been done. Those in authority failed to act quickly with this officer abusing his power and then failing to render medical assistance. Now, Garner had a history with being arrested. He had over 30 times, I believe, he was arrested. However, attacking his character and behavior did not excuse being put in a chokehold with him saying, I can't breathe and dying. It does not excuse it. You can see it on camera and there's multiple other officers that are present. And this continues with Pamela Turner, who was schizophrenic. She got shot by an officer and then George Floyd in 2020. George Floyd, after nine minutes and 29 seconds, of which the last two minutes, he had no pulse. Emergency medical technicians, they were there. They're ready to treat. But the officer kept his knee on his back. Now, is this an issue of white police going after black men? Or is this, once again, an authority problem? See, the damage to America and law enforcement has been done already. Democrats called for defunding the police. Many of the police already started leaving in droves, taking retirement, finding new jobs. It's much like the priests started leaving the priesthood or lost their zeal for the priesthood once the scandal damaged their reputation. Well, officers have left and are leaving as well. Police reform was a talking point of the election, despite the fact this was not something that started under Trump's presidency. And the misconception was all along, this is a racism problem. Cities burned with slogans of white silence equals white consent. My conversation today in the second half, getting to Tyree Nichols, this is not to state that racism doesn't exist. This is about Tyree Nichols exposed what the true argument is for Black Lives Matter. It exposed what the true argument really should be for our entire country. Because the conversation that didn't fear that didn't feel uh, fair or cognitively accurate this entire time? Well, that's right. It's not. It was not fair. It was not cognitively accurate. That's why it didn't feel proper. It was disingenuous. And what happened in Memphis, Tennessee, the Tyree Nichols, 
That narrative has now been exposed. There can be no more hijacking by Black Lives Matter that this is a white supremacy issue. Now we need to look one another in the eyes and admit this is a human problem. It was caused by an abuse of power and in some cases, unfortunate events. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Everybody, if you're enjoying the show, uh, please, you know, Go to americaoutloud.com, follow along. There's hundreds of articles on the page every single day by others. You can follow me on Twitter at RealGregBolden. Uh, as always, I love hearing your feedback on what I'm talking about each day. Helps support the show. And there's plenty of sponsors on here. Uh, I highly recommend you go to that website and go support them. It's very important. If you'd like to support me, you can do so. Go to americaembolden.com. That's my page. And you can buy me a cup of coffee. Uh, you can purchase a shirt, you can purchase a, a coffee mug or whatever you're into to put into it. Uh, all the d- different funds go directly to me uh, to help support me bringing you this great content that you hear on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. And then to my sponsors, uh, the Genesis HOCL Fogger, what an awesome product, helps rid your environment of viruses, bacteria, mold, and it's very simple to use. It works on the exact same thing that your blood cells work on, right? So it's safe. You don't need to wear a mask when you're applying this in your house, your home, your business of work. You even have an atomizer. Now you can plug in. It does your room and covers a, a large number of square feet. You can get one of those by going to www.genesisfogger.com backslash out loud. If you enter that out loud at the end, it gives you a discount just for listening to this great network. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. 
America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, Bold Americans. First half of the show, I was making the case to set up Tyree Nichols and his death that things really started to ratchet up based upon George Zimmerman and what happened all the way up to George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, politicians calling for the funding police, and failed policies. And in the second half of the show here today, we're going to talk about Tyree Nichols and how those failed policies that were influenced by Black Lives Matter themselves and liberal policymakers led to the death of Tyree Nichols and why we have to address the corruption of humanity, why we have to address the fact that when people experience power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. All right, so let's first start acknowledging some things we may learn from this case. The first is The white supremacy and the inheritance of racism with the police conversation, it needs to be put to rest. This no longer seems to be an issue of racist police. This now is an abuse of power and poor policing. On average, in the United States, did you know the police shoot and kill more than 1,000 people each year? Now, this is according to analysis that I found from the Washington Post. You can go on, you can look at this data yourself. I'm not manipulating any data with what I'm showing. 2022 was the most fatal of police shootings. We should mention there is a disproportionate amount of black citizens killed, and we need to have an open conversation with facts about that as well. Half of the people that were shot and killed are white, but they make up five times the population of black Americans. So are black people being killed due to racism or is this related to something else, right? So I'm not saying the white supremacy is not a thing. I'm not saying that people don't inherit prejudices and racism, and that's not a thing. I am simply stating the reason for the death is much more complicated when taken into consideration with police. And we're going to break this further down. So if we break it further down, we have 95% of those shot and killed by police being males. And more than half are between the ages of 20 and 40. That's males, females. Now, a few weeks ago, I spoke about aggregate data and the honesty of the story. And I had Z on to explain how you can manipulate data. So we're going to tell this honestly, right? We're going to take these perspectives out so we can see the percentage of people killed. 83% of the shootings were of people that were armed. This is a weapon, okay? Weapon being aimed at police officers, weapon on the person. They were armed. Police officer felt in danger. 83% of police shootings. 6% of unarmed, okay? 6% were unarmed, 2% of which were unarmed black men and less than 1% were fleeing from the scene. 3% of those were white and fleeing the scene. Now this shows that shootings, once you break them down to unarmed, shows that white citizens were being shot at a higher rate than black citizens. All right. 84% of the time, those shot at were fleeing the scene in some way 
whether armed or not. That stated, we need to look at Tyree Nichols and the failure of Democrat policy, the police officers, and the police state. First, as you've seen above, you know, just what I was just talking about. If you want to survive an interaction with police, you drastically improve your survival rate to a negligible risk by doing two things. Number one, don't show weapons to the cops. Don't have weapons on you. And do not flee and resist arrest. Two things that will keep you safe in any police interaction. Doesn't matter what your skin color is. It's in the data from the Washington Post. Very easy to figure that out. That's stated. If you fleed, you probably also believe that you should have a right to not get beaten to death once there's excessive force. And that's the story of today. Now, Tyree Nichols was a 29-year-old son who had a love for skateboarding. Uh, this guy was insanely talented on a skateboard. I, I, I ended up watching some videos of him because I wanted to get to know who he was and his smile and his skating. This guy possibly could have been a professional skateboard career had he uh, met the right people. I mean, he pulled off tricks effortlessly. Uh, really talented guy. Now, at around 8.30 p.m. on January 7th, just a few weeks ago, they pulled him over, police, Memphis police, for reckless driving. As officers from the Scorpion team, and I'm going to use that Scorpion team because that's going to come back in the play here later on in the podcast. When they approached him, there was a confrontation that occurred, and this caused Tyree to resist arrest and run down the street. Now, the police have later walked back the claims that he was reckless driving, because according to their video, there is no proof to substantiate why they pulled him over at all. The police chief has walked this back. Everybody has. They don't know why Tyree was actually pulled over. We don't know why officers immediately started a altercation with Tyree when he walked up to the car. He did. He was unarmed. He had no weapons. Um, it, it almost looked like the officers attacked him, right? So the, the video is not clear there. So also of note, Tyree was discovered running to his house when the second altercation occurred. He was just two blocks away from where his parents lived. When police caught up to Tyree the second time, there was a team of four police officers beating him. They beat him for almost 10 minutes. There's a hammer that's attached to a telephone pole or whatever you want to call it, electric line pole. And that camera moves over and you can see the entire thing. I, I again, I told everybody, I, I don't suggest that you watch this. I watched it for the journalism side of being able to present the story with the facts. Um, you're, you're witnessing somebody being killed. There's no need to watch that, right? Um, PTSD, whatever, there's no need. I've done it for you. You don't need to do it. So 10 minutes, you'll see one officer kicks him in the head repeatedly. And when he kicks him in the head, like you see his head snap back. I mean, remember here in 2023, even though it's nighttime, we got the night vision type of cameras. These are pretty high quality cameras. This is not, you know, what we had in the nineties of video. So it kicks him in the head repeatedly. Then an arriving officer that was previously at a traffic stop, he comes up and he starts hitting him in the head multiple times with his baton. It's one of those batons that like extends and then they can push it back down in. Um, Tyree dies, th th that officer coming in, that he's going to be, I'm going to talk about him in just a second. Tyree dies three days later from extensive bleeding. 
I just want to repeat, he was unarmed. Did he flee from police? Yes. I'm not making any claims that he did not flee from police. But when four police that seem to be much larger than him have him down on the ground, are pulling his arms and everything else, and choosing to punch and hit for 10 minutes instead of putting handcuffs on, instead of using other non-lethal methods. Got to ask what's going on. Now, I don't know what caused Tyree to flee from police. It looks like they got physical with him during the very beginning of the traffic stop. Perhaps he was scared for his life. So he ran. And while he was being beaten, he was screaming for his mom. You can hear him on the tape. He's going, mom, mom, which at the time didn't make sense. But once I learned that he was two blocks away from his home, it does make sense. He was hoping he would scream loud enough that his parents would come out and try to help. He knew in that moment that the police were abusing their power. He knew at that moment that may, they may kill him. He was no threat to the officers as they kicked him excessively in the head and they beat him. Now, they left his body on the side of a police cruiser unattended for over 20 minutes before the paramedics arrived to begin treatment. The officers on camera, they fist bump one another with their pride. Now, remember that officer I said that showed up and he started beating Tyree? Now, earlier on in the traffic stop, they deployed pepper spray. One of the officers that arrived late on the scene stayed back uh, with his car and assisted the other officer with water to rinse his eyes. Now, that officer can be heard saying, when they catch him, I hope they stomp him a few times. They laugh about it. And in typical police talk, you know, I, I normally wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be as bothered by that, right? It's the tough guy talk, middle of things. Yeah, I get it. Like if you're punching an officer, like, hey, I hope he gets what's coming to him, you know, get him. But that officer is going to be the officer that arrives on the scene and beats him in the head with his baton. All right. So after he laughs about it, after he clears his eyes and clears his vision, he can't see, he hops in his police cruiser to pursue Tyree. When he arrives, he parks his car like a block away. He runs all the way up to where they are. He deploys his baton and begins hitting him in the head. Despite, at this point in time, Tyree being unable to stand, he's being held up by four officers. Another officer's doing left hooks into the side of his face. Tyree was in complete fight or flight mode. He was trying to move the best he could to avoid death. I don't believe he was trying to resist arrest at that point. But the gang of officers were overcome with irrational fear and hatred, and they murdered Tyree Nichols. Now, news media began prepping everyone in the country for riots and protest. But the Memphis Police Department decided to speak up an issue a statement before the video was released. Five members of the Memphis Police Department were charged with second-degree murder and aggravated kidnapping. Now, when they released the photo of the five officers, I immediately was like, well, this is going to change the conversation. This is different than a white officer killing a black man, right? Now we're seeing five black officers take away the life of a black male. Now we can start to have a conversation that we should have been having for the last decade in this country. We should be having a conversation about how when Ron Paul stood on the Congress floor and said, why are we taking military supplies and giving them to police and militarizing the police? 
making them part of an army, what are we doing to make our citizens more safe? We should have been discussing the policing procedures like we did after Eric Garner about why somebody needs to be put into a headlock, how that could relate to somebody dying. Or when Officer Chauvin put his knee on the back of George Floyd for nine minutes and 29 seconds, two minutes of which George Floyd was dead, had no pulse. We should talk about at what point is it time to de-escalate the situation, listen to the other officers that are around you and put the handcuffs on so we don't just murder people for committing crimes, or in this case, Tyree didn't commit a crime. We don't just murder people for driving down their street, whether they're white, they're black, they're Hispanic, whatever. When are we going to have the conversation about policing and taking away the Judas of the apostles. I made the point at the very beginning of the show that in this situation between the church, psychiatrist, teachers, whatever it may, people that abuse their power, there are bad apples everywhere. But in this case, huh, wait till you hear this story of what happened in Memphis. This is the reason why I blame people that got stuck on white supremacy, people that got stuck on racism for what just happened. Yes, I'm, I'm squarely looking at you. You are part of the problem. Now, the police department investigates this entire thing. And as I said, they found no probable cause for reckless driving. They've since had two additional deputies with the sheriff's department. that are now under investigation. What created this problem in Memphis, Tennessee is going to shock you. The Scorpion Unit. Now, the Scorpion Unit stood for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. Memphis Police Chief Sarah Lynn Davis deactivated and disbanded the entire force immediately following these charges against the five officers and the investigation against the two deputies from the Sheriff's Office. Now, this Scorpion program was launched November 2021. It was 40 officers split into four teams that were patrolling high crime spots in the city. They focused on theft, gangs, and drug-related crimes. They chose the patrol routes based off 911 calls in the city. All really good ideas to get people into high crime areas and try to de-escalate. In fact, they were highly successful. They were hailed for their successes. In their first year, they had 566 arrests. 390 of them were sincere, uh, severe felony arrest. They seized 270 vehicles, 253 weapons. However, the Scorpion team had a history of excessive force. There was an alleged victim that was 66 that has now come forward with pictures of his injuries by the Scorpion team. So what sparked the Scorpion team? Here it is. Well, it's the events of the past 10 years I just talked about. According to a source within the Memphis Police Department, the five charged officers were not hired or vetted through the usual police department hiring process. This is because city leaders felt the existing process was too strict and kept certain people from getting hired. And when I say certain people, I mean people of color. Let's be very clear what that statement means. And they felt that with Black Lives Matter and the things happening over the past 10 years, they needed to start their own hiring process and then push those new hirees into the agency by bypassing their testing procedures that had already been in place because they wanted more represent representative look in the community of that they were going into. 
So if they're arresting black men, they wanted black men doing the arrest. Now, all five of the charged officers are alleged to be from the city's hiring process, and they're not of the typical rigor of the Memphis Police Department, according to this source within the Memphis Police Department. The death of Tyree was not at the hands of failed policing policies. The death of Tyree was not the hands of systemic racism. The death of Tyree was not the hands of white supremacy. This looks to be the result of a Democrat defunding and woke policies on hiring. The men that killed Tyree Nichols were a direct result of Black Lives Matter talking points and the reform that they requested. By focusing on the wrong thing, white prejudice, we ignored the most important and infallible characteristic of all, human sin and corruption. Going back, biblical, Jesus picks 12 people, teaches them the ways. One person betrays Jesus and brings shame upon all the rest. This is not time to call for the end of policing. But it is time to call for the end of the militarization of policing, which we should have done a decade and a half ago. It's time to talk about the policies that may cause a disproportionate amount of black men to be picked up for crimes than white. And perhaps that's because there is a larger population in the areas where larger police presence is there, such as our cities, where when you get to the suburbs, I would like to see a breakdown of police shootings in suburbs versus cities. I, I, I'm going to look that up on the Washington Post when I have more time here, right? I had to prepare for this show and I was well prepared for this one, but I need to make sure I give you the proper effort for that. Look, we are flawed. And Black Lives Matter, I'm not blaming you. I think that at the end of the day, I get it. I get the whole concept of the people that say all lives matter. And you say, yeah, I get that. But right now we're focused on black ones because they seem to be dying at a disproportionate rate. I get that. But in that conversation somewhere along the way, we got so focused on the whole white silence equals white consent that we forgot to look at the actual police policies. We forgot to look at the militarization. We forgot to look at the hiring practices. We forgot to look at some thing here and there because we needed to be woke about the conversation. And that's what caused Tyree Nichols to die. And that's the reason why three days later, he succumbed of his injuries. It's because it's not about racist police officers. That's just what the news media had sold us for the past 10, 11, 12 years. Does a racist cop exist? Possibly, yes. I've talked to many people that serve on police here in Delaware. Many people tell me, look, if they're racist, they don't last long. The racist police don't really, they don't exist here on certain parts of the force. Just the forces I've spoken with. And sometimes I find that that's an interesting statement because I believe that, you know, okay, maybe not racist, but prejudice. Yes, prejudice has got to exist, right? Prejudice isn't everybody's heart in some way, shape or form because we learn different things, whether it's about Irish people, Polish people, whatever it may be, right? We, we learn different inherent things that phrases and stuff that we put and that may color our lens towards a class of people. It's wrong. It's wrong all the time. But now can we please, please stop the race baiting and have a conversation about how big government is 
and whether you want them all over your life, how big your police force is, and whether it's what you need to keep you safe. Can we have that conversation? Can we have a change of heart in this country and make it less about race baiting and make it more about the abuse of power? And how do we check that? Hope I honored your time well today, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back tomorrow with another show. If you enjoyed this one, go on Twitter at Real Greg Bolden or join me on my webpage, AmericaEmboldened.com. I'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Thank you.